Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Alright, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 3. Chapter 3, should we say. Um, before we get into that, um, yeah, well, I should tell you, guess who's back? Afepiran is back. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about... The first three episodes all together, but of course uh, we'll be talking about uh, the brand new one as well. Um, has there been a, any uh, any other good Star Wars fun this week? Yes, uh, I've rewatched a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, this time it was what? Which ones? Which ones did I rewatch? Oh yeah, season two, episode three, uh, the Bo Katan. Uh, episode and then the siege, the one where they uh, bust into that imperial, whatever you call it, old imperial facility. Um, yeah, I love that uh, the, the the third episode of the second season. Um, man, it was fun to rewatch. There's a lot of just really cool moments. Um, just a really fun episode all round, and then um, that that siege episode. Like as I've said before, like I just feel like Cara Dune visually doesn't look like Star Wars to me. Um, so whenever you know, as well as all the other stuff, but um, whenever she's on screen, I get a little bit like, mm. Just uh, I'm so affected by the aesthetics of, of of Star Wars that you know when she's on screen it doesn't really work for me that well. But the funny thing is, and this has happened every time I've watched that episode. But when you get um, her at the end talking to, um, she calls him Blue, but is what's the character's name? Tyson Carver or something. Um, the X-wing pilot. That line, man. When he says, like, says here, you're from Alderaan. Alderaan, did you lose anyone? And she just, she delivers the line really well, actually. I lost everyone. It just chokes me up every time, man. Like, so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the character, but hats off to that line. It is, uh, it's so, so good. Um, but some, yeah, it's gold like uh you know tie fighter action in that um the speeder bikes they, they move so well man it's like that sense of of it's almost like brutally fast <laughs> which uh we might reference back uh we might reference in once we get to talking about chapter three of the book of boba fett uh but it was fun to check those out i have finally gotten to gotten a bit further into the um the uh, art of the Mandalorian season one, so that's been cool. Um, you know, a lot of the designs are like uh, I don't know. Like obviously, you're not seeing everything in those books. They are um, picking and choosing what to show you. But it's it's kind of interesting that um, the other art of books. For me, at least, I mean, especially like the Force Awakens, because they were in the process of of even working out what the 
what the story was going to be. But there, there was so much that was so different to what you end up seeing on screen. And um, uh, very interesting because of that. In this first season of The Mandalorian book, uh, they, it seems like, you know, like just small variations on uh, the design that end up, ended up being used. Really nice to see. I mean, dude, that, I mean, that design, the Mandalorian armor design is so good. And just seeing the the different versions of uh, of that armor that they came up with, especially uh, also like really fun to... Um, see the different versions of the Razor Crest. Um, I didn't know that it was based on um, an actual uh, fighter plane. I can't remember the name of it right now. Warthog or something like that. An A-50 Warthog or something along those lines. Yeah, um, cool to see that and see, you know, look at the DNA of of the Razor Crest. Um, Yeah. But it's it's really fun. I've said it before. Like the the art of books are not just like my favorite Star Wars books, but they are up there with my favorite Star Wars media. Full stop. Like um, like the the films are my favorite. I think I like the art of books as much or even more as I like any of the TV shows. That's how much I like them. Yeah, so uh, good, good fun to be reading that. It's kind of cool that uh, to know, you know, um, once I finish this one, I guess the Mandalorian season two art of book will be out. Is it out already? Maybe who knows? Hmm. All right. So um, yeah, we are going to talk to Affair about these the first three episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. But first, I'd like to jump into just my quick review of uh chapter three um yeah i a real mixed bag for me i gotta say um some wonderful 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 moments and shots and scenes but some things that uh leave me scratching my head a little bit i gotta say um quickly positives first um, I loved the Rancor, actually. I loved Danny Trejo in this show and in that ro- role. Like, oh, like, obviously, like, I mean, you kind of go, well, you like the Rancor because you've seen it before. Yeah, I guess so. But um, I think Danny Trejo, just his, his appearance, his voice, everything fits Star Wars and Tatooine so well, um, and the this combination of toughness, capability, and compassion that he gets across in those scenes is incredible. Like there's a real intelligence in in that performance, a, a lot of subtlety. Um, it would have been, you know, a, a lesser actor could have come in and been all just, uh, you know, like, I'm a gruff rancor keeper. But um, Danny, like, absolutely gleaming jewel in the in the center of that episode. And Boba as well, like uh, Tem, Boba in that in that scene with the the sleepy rancor, 
I dig it. Um, I think that um, it's it's quite fun. Like if anyone listening to this listens to the wonderful Blue Harvest podcast, um, they will know that Horst Burkhardt from Blue Harvest is one of the world's great greatest Boba, Boba Fett fans. And coincidentally, he is also a, uh, a passionate um, enthusiast for animals and petting pet cute animals and loving on cute animals. So seeing his number one guy scratching a rancor behind the ear, just uh, it hit pretty right there, you know. Um, well, I really loved that scene. Um, what else was cool? Uh... Black Cassantin, yeah, I mean, I really think that since The Force Awakens, they've been nailing um, Wookiee costuming, basically, you know. He just looked really good. Um, we might talk a bit more about that fight later on. Um, what else was fun? Uh Oh my god! I've literally just watched the episode for a second time, and I'm going blank. I have to say, there's a few things that that, that uh, I didn't love. Um, well, let's just jump into that. First and foremost, I just felt that biker, the biker gang, like the the woman um, who kind of seems like like the leader of the gang, fantastic, like. Great. I love her voice. I love her presence. Her, like, she, she has a real confidence and a coolness. You know, like, she's, it seems effortless, which is uh, fantastic. She looks cool. She talks cool. She is cool. Um, great. I liked her. Um, but uh, everybody else, to me, they, like, they look like Benetton models or something. Um, I didn't think that the any of the costume designs looked like Star Wars and especially, like, maybe you could sell that on Coruscant or somewhere. Um, but especially on Tatooine, they really didn't, it didn't work for me at all. And the, the, um, the Vespers, as people are calling them, the scooters or whatever, again, like, I just, when I imagine um, something more like the Knights of Ren in in that situation where they look really tough, where they look really dangerous and Boba Fett's like, yes, this is, this is a, a resource waiting to be tapped. Um, this is the kind of backup I need. Then I really would like... It would ring true and it would really feel like Tatooine, you know. Um, but they weren't great, I'm sorry. And also, like, the other main thing that didn't work, I think, is was the chase. I mean, go back and watch the speeder chase in Solo. It's so fast. It's so stylish. It's so exciting. And um, this chase, I just felt like... Like, I didn't like, the you know, those characters, so strike one. 
The speed of the chase. I'm not the only one who said this. It just feels super slow. Come on, what is the, what is the first rule of Star Wars? Faster, more intense. Um, it was a really... It just felt very slow. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Like, I understand the limits of TV... Um, of a TV budget and everything. Uh, when it comes to scale and whatnot... Um, but I just felt like, what was it that made that slow? Because, like, for example, the train heist in the episode before, whew, like, really dynamic, really explosive, and really, that felt fast. It felt um, so exciting. And um, this was the opposite for me. Um, and also I felt like the, the, the mayor's major domo, was really hamming it up too much with the kind of like goofy comedy. Uh, oh, oh, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a space chase. Uh, like, nope, was not super into that. Ah, but this does allow me to use the sandwich technique: positive followed by negative, po followed by positive again. Um, yeah, beautiful scenes of. Like, uh, I love the Pikes. I think the Pikes look excellent. Um, his visit to the Pike leader was awesome. Really cool shots of Boba just riding. Like, I could just watch Boba Fett ride, Bantha, uh, ride a Bantha around in the desert. Like, it just, that screams Star Wars to me. And, uh, like, he looks awesome in those robes. Looks awesome on a Bantha. Love that. Uh, he looked great. Uh, yeah, you know. Mos Eisley looks um, like really crappy <laughs> compared to Mos Espa, which is exactly as it should be. Uh, I loved all that. And then when he returns to find his new family and friends wiped out, again, some beautiful shots of that. Um, the kind of the choirs, the chanting and stuff musically, that was a, a high point. Um, now, that felt very sudden, like, I, I don't know, it just felt like they, to me, were like the heart and soul of, of chapter two, and I felt, I felt like everyone kind of fell in love with them, and to just do this, like, it's fine, but I also think that if you're gonna... If you're going to do that, I kind of would have liked them to have set up that feeling of, of dread and threat towards them. Maybe they wanted this like just like kind of shock and surprise where you don't think anything's going to happen. But I don't know. I think they could have done some meaningful looks from the Tuscan Raiders or... I don't know what they could have done, but... Um Something to give you that feeling of dread, I think. Maybe he sees those... I don't know. I guess we got to see how this plays out. But, yeah, uh, it was still a, a very good scene, very sad. Um, interesting. I think there's no evidence that the, that warrior um, 
I think that people are calling her the warrior, basically. No evidence that she died. She may have actually survived. Um, hope so. The whole internet went crazy for that character, which is so nice to see. Um, everyone was just like, oh, my God, did you see her? She's amazing. She's the best. Do you know who plays her? It's this woman, Joanna Bennett. I think that, I think that's her name. Um, big congratulations to her because, uh, yeah, I'm assuming this is the most... Um, the most uh, attention she's ever had um, in her career so far and so richly deserved. Like, wow, what a star. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe if if uh, at the end of the bonfire scene, if you'd seen Boba, like, just really getting angry so you get that feeling like whoa bob is gonna unleash on this lot mm. um yes i thought like people have complained about this before now and i've just been like well look you can't you, a main character has to struggle otherwise they you've got nowhere to go with them you know but people have noticed that Boba Fett seems to be <laughs> getting his ass handed to him on a pretty regular basis in every single episode. Um, yes, that is actually happening, and it happened again here. Uh, yeah. So is it a bit too much? Especially like, like I think they're doing a cool job of of kind of telling this story of like how did he go from being a cold uh you know kind of hunter to being this like wild-eyed ferocious warrior with a code i think they're connecting the dots really beautifully there um but it yeah i mean you do see him annihilate an entire squad of stormtroopers with a stick <laughs> In the Mandalorian, and uh, he seems to be struggling a bit more now after that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I can that, that kind of stuff. I can really let it go, but uh, I can see what people are, why people might feel that way. Um, the huts. Yeah, it was a cool scene. Um, are they really backing off, or? I don't know. Let's see. But again, I, I loved seeing the pikes. I think they look cool. And um, it's one of those designs that you'd be forgiven for being a bit concerned about, you know, um, with regards to how it will look in live action on screen. Um, but needn't have worried at all. They look awesome. They're really cool. So, uh, yeah. Let's see, I've, you know, there have been a little bit of, uh, it's weird, like, I've seen people swing both ways on this one, some people go on, now we're cooking, now I'm in, I love this show, Get let's get it on, and I've seen people on the absolute opposite end going, the sky is falling, uh, this is complete junk, what have they done? <laughs> 
I, specifically about this chapter. I think um, almost everybody loved chapter two. But it is interesting that, you know, I was so, um, I was so pumped about uh, Robert Rodriguez being involved because I was like, all right, that's a film director. He's, he's going to be bringing film director chops to the project. And I got to say, um, Steph Green's second chapter has so far blown both his episodes out of the water. So um, I guess being, uh, you know, having that big screen experience doesn't mean as much as I thought it did. Looks like I'm learning a lesson or two as well. All right. So enough of me uh, by myself. Let's jump on to um, a call with uh, Afe to see how he has been feeling about the Book of Boba Fett so far. Afe, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, you're, you're back in Sweden after um, some time in Canada, so I guess you're, uh, you're all caught up on the Book of Boba Fett. Yes, I am. That's what, that's what we're mostly here to talk about. So, um, we haven't talked at all about um, the first three episodes. So uh, give me your kind of um, your basic uh, reactions to all three so far. Um, I was a bit surprised uh, on the format that they, they're doing, like doing the backstory uh, and the future uh, current story at the same time, uh, yep. like switching back and forth. Um, and it makes it a bit difficult to, uh, uh, to understand what's happening if you're not a nerd, I think. <laughs> yes, I kind of, uh, like, it's funny because, you know, I'm a member of, of various Star Wars, uh, groups online and, um, you would think that, like, if you're the kind of person who will who will like join a Facebook group for Star Wars, then you like you pretty much you're pretty caught up on at least where things are going. But even in groups like that, I will sometimes see people say like, "When when is this happening?" Actually, like, I don't know, yeah. I'm confused. And uh, so yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, I, I mean, I, if you're casual enough, I guess you maybe you just don't even care, and you're like, "Ah, oh, if it's entertaining, that's good enough." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Uh, Mm. But I, yeah, that's a good point. It could be confusing for people, for sure. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I really really like the the things they're bringing in, uh, like mm. like their their uh, small references to old movies and comic books mm -hmm. and other series and like cameos, like really small cameos that you wouldn't notice if you're. Uh, if you're not uh, a nerd, mm. yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's been um, uh, you know the kind the kind of references that are kind of they're they're kind of um, at the right level where if you know them, you go like, oh look, it's that. And then if you don't know them, then it's it you don't go like, did I miss something just now? Because um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the references are good. Yeah, really, really nice. Mm. And I think it's, I, I, I do like this um, 
parallel storylines approach. I think that it means that both of them move forward at a pretty slow pace, um, which can, which is fine for a lot of people. But I know there are some people who maybe get a bit impatient for things to move forward faster. But if you're telling two stories at once, then of course they are going to move a little bit slower. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm a bit surprised uh on the boba fett character development mm-hmm. okay i didn't think he was gonna be a softy like he is uh mm-hmm. that was not uh, the kind of vibe i got from the mandalorian show right i mean he was he was definitely being played not as a villain but he wasn't played as being as nice as he is, or he has been so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was like pretty, pretty terrifying, actually, in that episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was, <laughs> and he was picking fights with the the Mandalorians, and he he was, uh, right, he was, yes. he, he had a bad attitude. Now it seems like he he dropped that attitude. Mm-hmm. Now when he's gonna rule the criminal underworld of Mosespa. Mhm. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a little scene that I haven't thought about for a while the where they go into that bar and there's um Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves and they both Yeah. Yeah, talk down to him pretty pretty heavily and um he doesn't take it too well and <laughs> Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if you, if we if it, if things go into this you know like battle for Mandalore kind of thing if their kind of lack of respect for him comes into play again in the future. Yeah, I guess um, they don't like uh, him and his father and and uh, mm-hmm. and the way they um, they use the Mandalorian tech, but they. They don't respect the, the culture of the Mandalorians. Mm, yep, that makes sense. Cool. So, um, so take us back to that first episode. Like, uh, what uh, what stood out for you? What, what what were your initial reactions to to that first episode? Um, I'm just gonna remember what happened exactly in the in the first episode. It was uh, you saw him escape the Sarlacc pit. Yes. Okay. So this is this is like a something that I feel like people have been speculating about, and that you know various media have taken turns at describing over the years. Um, how did it sit for you? Now that we've seen the real the real deal. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I mean, the, I know that he, he he escaped in some of the Star Wars comics as well, mm-hmm. and in a similar yep. similar way, I guess, mm-hmm. like punching yes. himself out from the using Absolutely. the jetpack to uh, to escape from the Sarlacc pit. Mm. Um, I know some people that I've talked to is really disappointed that he survived. <laughs> the... Just at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That he shouldn't be a part of anything Star Wars anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Since he mm-hmm. was 
kind of a small character uh, in the. Got it. Um, and I mean, you can kind of overdose on the clones and the uh, Boba Fett and the Django Fett and all the the mm-hmm. one the, the characters that look the, looks the same. I mean, I've seen over two two hundred episodes with clone troopers and. Uh, uh, people speaking like New Zealand accents. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, it, I mean, you're right. It's true. <laughs> it's like it's been hundreds of episodes of that. It's true. And and imagine going back 10 years and saying like, all right, guys, I've come from the future and I've seen the first two Star Wars uh, live action TV shows. And you're like, oh, oh, what? What are they about? You're like, first one's about a Mandalorian. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. And the second one is also about a Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you're like, what? There's, okay. been, uh, there's been a lot of uh, Tamara, Tamara Morrison uh, mm. influenced characters in the, yes, the story. Sure. Uh, pretty much, uh, I, I guess he. he is in the pole position of, of people who has been included the most times in the Star Wars. <laughs> yes, I guess you're right. Even though it isn't him who who, who plays <clears throat> the, the clone troopers, it's based on yeah. him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, mm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of present. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like on that what you said about like people saying like oh, I didn't even want him to survive at all. Like I, you know, when when if anyone ever kind of said something like that, I always felt like, dude, he, he's got a jetpack, <laughs> as if like there was an obvious answer as to how he got out. And then it turns out it was busted, and that's not how he got out at all. <laughs> yeah, which was quite funny. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he has a Mandalorian armor. Sure, he could escape from that that pit. I mean, that that, that armor is uh, the best protection there is, uh, pretty much in yes. the Star Wars. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm. So I'm not surprised about that. Um, mm. I'm more I'm more surprised that he he became such a softy uh, in the. Mm. But it more, I'm not surprised in the. In the way he he got bro- brought back by the Tuscan Raiders, it's more mm. more he's a softy in the in the parts of the episodes that that show the present day. Mm-hmm. Yep, he, he's like a, I t- intend to rule with respect, and uh, and he's mm. talking about that kind of stuff I, I i really thought because robert rodriguez is uh is mm. directing the episodes i think the three first ones right he didn't do the second one he didn't no no the second it's quite interesting the second one was a woman called steph green who has done i think mostly tv but um yeah but uh, robert he's i think he's directed he's directing uh, like at least three or four of them, and he has been kind of like you know, not the showrunner. Obviously, like I think it's still Favreau and Filoni being showrunners, but uh, he's been the you know kind of co uh, 
what would you call it, overseer of, of, of things on the show. Feels like Filoni is becoming the new George Lucas in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, don't, so. I don't mind that, though, uh, at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, there's a lot of stuff that Filoni has done that I may... Well, not a lot, but there are things that Filoni has done that I wasn't super hot on. But, yeah. come on, the the guy... I mean, he loves Star Wars as much as any of us, and um, he uh, he really gets it. And also, just his history working, you know, side by side with George for years. Like, I mean, and he and he's really proven himself. Like, he's put in the years at Lucasfilm, and I think he's. Um, and now that he's getting his shot at live action, I think he, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we're all lucky to have him. Yeah, I mean. He, he, you can notice that he's a nerd because all the references and the Easter mm. eggs and everything that he puts into the yeah. shows, like it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really great. And, and I mean, it always feels like Star Wars, even though there's new characters and new new storylines and all that stuff. It's it really feels like Star Wars. In a mm-hmm. way that maybe the the prequel trilogy, like mm. episode one, two, three, they mm-hmm. didn't really feel like Star Wars at all, mm. uh, for for most of the time. Uh, yep. They, I mean, they had certain moments that were really good, but yeah, most mm. of the time it didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt like something else. Yeah, I think just even if, even if you're just talking about the aesthetics of the trilogy, like, I mean, all this, you know, everything in The Mandalorian and everything in, in Boba Fett, I mean, obviously it's it's almost the original trilogy era. So I guess you can say that that's the reason, but it looks like Star Wars, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm with you. I mean, even if they throw in a bit of newer stuff, like the the bikes that the the android uh, mm. uh, bikers had, uh, mm-hmm. they were like colorful and like green and blue and yellow, uh, but still, it felt okay uh, mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, they. I mean, that feels like something that George probably would like, actually. <laughs> yeah. Being a, a bit of a rev head himself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He loves throwing in that stuff. Yep, it's true. All right, so uh, what did you think about um, the uh, kind of Boba's raid on the train, Toshi Station with Cammy and Fixer? Um, what else was in that episode? I mean, Boba... Getting his robes, the gaffy stick, the uh, the lizard trip. Yeah, and also it was a big episode. The black croissant and reveal, and uh, yeah, the twins, uh, the hunts. Yes, uh, was a lot of stuff. The episode two was my my favorite so far. Uh, it was Absolutely. Really, it was both the storylines were at at its peak on in that mm. episode, I think, uh, mm. and I really. I mean, I, I was a bit skeptical to the um, the backstory storyline in the first episode, but when in the second episode, when he 
when they they robbed the train and it was the pikes and yep. all that stuff it, it kind of won me over a bit mm. yes so i was like, I mean, okay i'm seeing i'm seeing where this is going i think the pikes mm. is going to be a, a crucial uh, uh part in this show absolutely and i kind of think that they are the ones uh behind it all yeah yeah i mean uh, a lot of people have been commenting like why does he even want to be a crime lord like what's the point of all this and i'm like i think we're gonna see why like yeah i think the pieces are gonna fit together um i think he's searching for revenge on the pikes he's (laughs) he wants to go to war with them to Mm -hmm. to liberate the the planet, uh, Tatooine, right. from from yep. the crime syndicates. I think he wants to get rid of, of the crime, not not to actually start more of that. Right. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yes. Right. I think he wants to become like a legitimate government, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Now they. They mentioned like they mentioned it once, and I thought, okay, that's just a bit of cool backstory. But they've mentioned it two or even three times since then that Tatooine was once covered with water. Yeah. He's, and he, I mean, you get the flashbacks of him on um, Camino, which is of course an inco- an entirely you know a water planet, and Boba in the in. Today's episode, he goes, I grew up on a planet uh, surrounded by water or whatever. Um, there's got to be something there, right? Yeah. I think so, too. Mm. It's a, it's funny because I've been obsessed with Dune for the last few months. And it's just, <laughs> it's sounding a little bit familiar, i got to say. Yeah, it's a lot of Dune uh, references. Uh, like the... Mm-hmm. The spice train and and yes, and also I mean, in, the, in the Mandalorian show with the uh, crate mm. dragon like being yes. like a sandworm and uh, mm-hmm. the sand people being the Fremen or exactly. uh, Tusken Riders that you should call them. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. I mean, um, so I'm a you know I'm a member of a Dune group on uh, on Facebook and. It's you know like edge lord kind of dune like dickhead fans love to be like oh man star wars just stole everything from dune and i'm like yeah there's a lot of stuff of course (laughs) (laughs) that is a very you know but it's the same it's like you know when like when people say oh led zeppelin they're not even that good they just stole everything like yeah they sold they stole some stuff but That stuff was not Led Zeppelin. Like, like Led Zeppelin, like they took those influences and a few, a handful of stolen ideas and turned it into something that changed the world. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's the same as Star Wars and Dune, or Star Wars and all of its. its I mean, I've been a big Dune fan since forever, but but I'm, um, I mean, it, Star Wars and Dune is completely different things. It mm. just doesn't feel mm-hmm. the same at all. It's like no. uh, even if there's some stuff that's similar, it's, it's still. I mean, it's science fiction. I mean, yeah, a lot of sci-fi stuff is influenced by another sci-fi movie. 
it's, right. it's not like like the hyperdrive thing and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's it's present in every single type of sci-fi there is, uh, pretty much. Yeah, like, uh, of course. I mean, yep. I mean, it's even in in the, Marvel shows they mm-hmm. have the hyperdrive thing. I mean, sure. I mean, the riffs on Kill 'Em All sound a lot like Diamond Head riffs. But Kill 'Em All is not Diamond Head. I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much covered the whole Diamond Head uh, first album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, they. It doesn't. It doesn't sound the same. I mean, when we. No, were it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. When we were doing the um, the first Obnoxious Youth LP. I, I was thinking yeah. like. Uh, I want it to sound like uh, Venom and GBH mm. and Discharge mm. and and like mm-hmm. like a mixture between old British hardcore and uh, mm. the heavy metal bands, but like a bit like yep. Venom Motorhead. Uh, yeah. And when we finally got the result from that, it sounded mm. like Kill 'Em All. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Yep. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this sounds a hell of a lot like Metallica, even though we didn't mm-hmm. intend it. Like, right. It didn't, there was no intention of sounding like Metallica, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I wasn't displeased with that, though. But no. <laughs> it was. That's it. Yeah, so it's a bit It's a bit comical when yeah, Dune fans try to act all uh, offended or whatever by that. But um, yeah, but uh, I thought, uh, yeah, as is, I think... Uh, almost everything, every reaction I've seen online is that uh, episode two has been the best so far. Um, how, like, uh, I, I, I think we, um, when we were texting a little bit, you mentioned Black Cassantin and I said, I've read a little bit of Dr. Afra, but I don't know that character at all. Um, did it feel like, oh man, look, they, like they nailed the look, they got him just right, or what was your reaction? My reaction was like, wait a minute, like, this this seems familiar. Uh, mm. I didn't remember the name of the character, but I, mm. I've seen the the black Wookiee in the, the mm. old Star Wars comics, the the Darth Vader comics from right. old times. Uh, and I was like, it's it's the black Wookiee from the Darth Vader comics. And I, <laughs> right. and I googled yep. it and I found his name, and I was like, oh yeah, it's Chrysanthemum. Uh, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, uh, he looked, looked really intimidating. That that's something I I really liked. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but I, I hope yes. he's gonna join forces with Boba, because he he's does. Got it right. Yeah, he he does in the in the comics. So I hope he does here too. Yeah, I mean, it just it, to me it would make sense if you know Boba's kind of treated him nicely. Uh, in letting him go and uh, maybe he's gonna yeah like circle back around and say hey i reckon uh i reckon we should hook <laughs> however you would say it in in the shri wook um but yeah like i i you know i have to say my my initial reaction a little bit was like those big like gold spiky shoulder pads and whatever that's like doesn't feel super star wars to me but c- Given that they um, that he's you know he 
was a gladiator came out of a gladiator pit or whatever, you can kind of go like, yeah, okay, that does look like a gladiator outfit, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, and he has this uh, knuckle dusters as well. Aha, are they also in the comics? Yeah, they get put in to his hands so he can't remove them. They're like part of him. What? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So wow. he, when, when he cool. becomes a gladiator, they put in the knuckle duster so into his hands. Hmm, that's cool. I like that. Hmm, great, great, great. Yeah, I think, uh, man, it will be pretty awesome to see um, to see him in action alongside Boba Fett. Yeah, I want to see him next to Chewbacca as well. (laughs) (laughs) That would be something. Yes. All right, I got to ask today's episode. Danny Trejo. Yeah. A a new Rancor. What did you think of that? It was was a bit weird, but (laughs) but I... Seeing that Danny Trejo like doing a role like that also mm. pretty weird, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was really really nice to to see a new Rancor. Mm. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, and it's like it explains a bit why why the mm. people got so. I think they kind of explained like how the 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 people in the pit were really really sad when the old rancor died and uh, yes yes so like his explanations about the rancor have be being depressed and like having uh, mm-hmm. strong attachments to his owner and, and stuff mm. like that it, it kind of explained the, the whole, why they got so mm-hmm. sad when the rancor died it does line up well with that that is absolutely true and um, I I loved Danny uh, Trejo in that in that role. I thought he was cool. I hope we get to see more of him as the season progresses. I hope it's not just a quick cameo, but uh, even if that's all it was. Or... I think it's only seven. I believe it was originally um, reported to be eight, but it's one of these weird things. Like I'm like I understand why they want to be secretive about a lot of aspects of the show, but it's quite weird that they. They don't announce how many episodes there are going to be. <laughs> like, that seems like pretty safe information. Like, you probably know that pretty early on, or do they want to keep their options open? Or it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mm. Do you think like they're gonna throw in Doctor Afra in the show? Uh, I would like that. Um, uh, I don't know. I I sometimes think that um, when, you know, like cause it seems like the pattern here a little bit is like John Favreau will have his like basic story worked out. And then he goes to Filoni and says, I need this kind of character. What do you got? And Filoni, who knows all the stuff, he'll be like, well, uh, in the comic books, there's this guy. Uh, maybe he would fit that role. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's grab that guy or whatever. Um because I, I could imagine that, 
Yeah, you know, because of course your brain goes like, well, if if that if that Wookiee's in it, then surely Doctor Afro isn't far behind. But it could just be that they just like needed like a a tough guy um, for the Huts to be employing, and uh, Filoni pulled that guy out of a hat. Um, but I, I mean, Doctor Afro's popular, and I like the character. Um, I think it would be awesome to have her. But it's also um, I mean, I, I I don't I haven't read enough to know beyond that she's an like a, an archaeologist. She's basically space Indiana Jones, and um, I'm not sure how that fits into a, like a kind of a, an underworld battle for dominance. But uh, I don't know. Would be cool. Yeah, I think it might happen, but I don't think it will happen in the middle of the show. In that case, mm. I think it will happen in the end. So like she doesn't mm-hmm. steal too much attention from the. Mm-hmm. main characters um, mm-hmm. I mean it kind of feels like uh, Fennec Shand is going to be more of a main character in the future uh, yeah it is interesting that we still like we're not getting much like she's kind of playing that that role that she has and uh, we're not getting at all the, any kind of like backstory or motivation on her part other than just that like she's working with boba and so she's doing her job you know um i think that maybe the backstory will come to that uh mm-hmm. like the story also we're seeing her in the bad batch so i don't think we've seen the last of her in the bad batch either so i think there's more to come yeah are they gonna release format. a new um season of bad batch as well it will be this year i think yeah what do you think? Like, do you think that the, that Boba Fett will go past this season? Because I think it will. You think? I mean, That's I wouldn't be I get. at all surprised if they killed them off in the end of the season. Mm, okay, that could be something as well. Yeah, could happen. But in that case, I, I guess he, he's gonna pass the torch to someone else. Mm, okay. But I don't know. I don't know if he, they have the balls to uh, kill a character like that. Um, hmm. But I mean, he, he he has gotten his ass kicked three times now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I was him, I would spend a lot of time in a back to tank as well. Jesus. So first, in the first episode, he got kicked his ass kicked by those assassins. Mm-hmm. In the yes. se- in the second episode, who, who kicked his ass in the second episode? It was uh, um, uh, who kicked his ass in the second episode? Yeah, but he That's got a question. He, I, he got he got his ass kicked by the the Tuscan Raiders, though. But yeah, uh, and then he he got his ass kicked by Black Crescenton and. Uh, Mm-hmm. In the third yes. episode. Yep. <laughs> he got saved. Like, yeah. Uh, at least he got beaten up really badly two times and got saved by his uh, minions. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I struggled a bit with the minions, to be honest. Um, I felt a bit like I kind of wanted them to be a bit. More filthy and tough looking. They looked a little bit like uh, 
models or something, <laughs> I thought. So they looked a bit... Um, uh, yeah, they looked too good-looking and too well-dressed. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, they can afford all these nice, nice bikes, nice clothes, and nice physical augmentation but water that's uh, yeah i mean maybe you feel annoyed if water is that expensive like i'm not paying for that and then you just steal it but uh yeah um yep uh, it wasn't my favorite thing about it but uh but i think that that uh, the girl that you saw in the um in the trailer like i mean she has a lot of charisma she's really she's cool so i'll you know i'm happy to see more of her the android arm uh mm. I mean, she, she, um, she reminds me of a of a character from the old uh, Force Arena game, I think. But I don't remember. Force Arena. What is that? Uh, like a fighting game, Star Wars fighting game. Um, this is Masters of Terrascasi. Is well, that it's not, not Force Arena? I'm thinking about maybe it was like it's a Star Wars fighting game. Um, is it the Master Masters of Terrascasi? Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be that one. Uh, Arden Lynn, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know who that is. There's a character in that game who has uh, is a girl who has one arm. The other arm is uh, like a robot arm. Is that right? Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but I thought she uh, like she seemed cool in the trailers, and then she was cool. So that's good. Yeah. Hmm. I guess. I mean, let's see what happens with those <laughs> characters. Yeah. But yeah, I, yes. I agree. They were a bit too clean for my taste. Hmm. Yep. But um, I'm glad that they have kept up the flow of weirdness. Like uh, like in today's episode, the nice moment where there's that little um, sand mouse thing, but it gets like taken by some kind of bird, which is then like slurped out of the ear, air by that <laughs> weird Tatooine creature. Um, I think it's called a wart or something. Um, and I think that... Some something similar happens in Return of the Jedi, I think. Outside. Exactly. I think it's I think it's the same creature actually. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I'm I'm glad that they're yeah. Including those weird little kind of like quirky details. It's good stuff. Just really nice. I saw the the mechanic uh, with the droids um, that fixes Din Djarin's ship in Mandalorian, you can see her in the background. Um, yeah. When Boba Fett is riding past those impaled right. stormtrooper helmets, you can see mm-hmm. her walking past. Um, that was a nice touch. That's a really nice touch. Like, yeah, mm, throwback to the same place that Din Djarin mm. was at. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really nice. It'll be interesting to see, like, um, you know, I think they have said that these shows are all kind of like uh, heading in the same direction, where we'll, uh, you know, these shows will all end up in, uh, you know, some kind of big, what do you call it, uh, 
what what do they call that in the comics when two things come together? Like a crossover episode. Yeah, exactly. I think I, as far as I know, they, that's what they're kind of thinking of for this, for like you know Mando. This, um, I mean, Rangers of the New Republic was going to be part of that, but that seems to have disappeared. Yeah, after the um, discharge of. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what's her name again? <laughs> The uh, Cara Dune is the character. Um, yeah. I'm f- blanking on the woman's name, though. Um, yeah. Gina Carano, I think. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yes. Yeah, since mm. she, she got fired, they, I think they, they kind of skipped that. But it seems like a lot of all, all that stuff they, they presented uh, is kind of put on hold. Like, I mean, I gotta agree. Like, any news on Lando? Nope. What happened to that droid story you won? Haven't heard anything about that. And that Japanese uh, Star Wars show, The Visions, that was, yeah, it was like, I mean, mostly visual stuff, I think. Mm. Not really story wise, it it wasn't something that you would. Like excited over. I have to say, like I um I was a big fan of the Marvel What If series. Yeah. I thought it was like so like fun and funny and uh exciting to see these characters from different angles basically and animation wise I thought it kicked ass actually. Yeah. Um and then I also have been watching Arcane on Netflix. Have you watched any of that? Um, it's it's based on League of Legends, a video game which I've never played. But the the, the animation is just eye meltingly amazing. And so I I remember I, I watched an episode of Arcane and then I rewatched one of the Visions things and I was just like, yeah. They are getting left in the dust, man. Like, there's, they really, like, I understand it's like, well, we gave it to Japanese creators and we wanted to see what they do in a Japanese animation style and everything. And I was just like, yeah, but I think you can aim higher than that, <laughs> to be honest. I, I get, and, you know, you've got Bad Batch and that's like your kind of like uh, your flagship animation for the time being and it's very good and that's good, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think animation wise, I wouldn't mind seeing them pulling, pulling the trigger on a few, uh, a few more kind of, uh, ambitious projects really. Yeah. I think Mm. they could aim higher in that sense as well. Mm. It's, It's not, a. they haven't, they're not really up to standard by today's means. Mm. I mean, when they started out doing the Clone Wars, this was uh, top of the line. But now, nowadays, <clears> it's, they can can do it a bit better, I think. Especially yeah. since uh, felt like uh, Legend or uh, Re- Rebels were were even. It was a bit. I think uh, the the Clone Wars was more mm. well done than the. Rebels animations. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, you you saw the budget just get slashed once. I mean, and Rebels is a very good show in lots of ways, but um, I started re-watching it, and I think I originally watched it on my laptop, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's good enough. And uh, now I'm watching it on, like, a big screen TV, and it really reveals the limitations of the animation. Yeah. And I, I think as it gets better as the seasons go on, because that's how it always goes. But again, I, I'm a little bit surprised that, like, when you think of the potential value in a property and you go like, all right, you've got League of Legends and you've got Star Wars. Yeah. How How is a League of Legends animation like this like Rolls-Royce level animation and Star Wars is like, well, we can't really afford it. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Especially since it's Disney as well. So it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they kind of, Disney should, and I mean, what if it's also Disney? It's right, yeah. Should be able to do it. Mm. No. I, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe like uh, uh, two months from now, they go like uh, announcing like a rebellion, a like a, a a sprawling top of the line animation that follows the adventures of Luke, Han, Leia, and Chewbacca between you know between the. the the saga movies you love so much, you know. Well, okay, great. You know, I, I mean, uh, to be able to explore those kind of storylines, they, I, I think they mm. kind of have to, uh, to like take animation into consideration yeah. because I mean, doing mm-hmm. the like the deep fake face stuff and all that, mm. it doesn't really work uh, if it, if they do a complete show about it. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're talking about doing uh, Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. I mean, he mm-hmm. he pretty much looks like Mark Hamill, but mm. I think it would be even better if they they could just use Mark Hamill's real voice and uh, yeah. animate him instead. And the nice thing about animation is that you are totally unrestrained with regards to the scale. Yeah. Like when when you watch, um, especially, you know, from season three onwards or something of The Clone Wars, it's just like massive cities, massive space battles. Like yeah. they are basically putting, you know, like like big screen cinema level stuff uh, on TV uh, because it's so much cheaper than live action to produce, so they can do that. You know, um, with the live action stuff, you still get can tell like, okay, that they don't have the budget for like a Return of the Jedi level complicated space battle or something. You know, they're not going to throw that money down at this stage. But in animation, they could do it. So yeah, definitely. And uh, I think yeah. it would be really nice to see certain stuff. I mean. If they're gonna do a big war or something like that, I, I think they would benefit from doing animation instead of. Yes, right. Would feel more. Uh, wouldn't feel like a, a lousy, uh, lousy effects uh, CGI war. <clears throat> it would feel more like this is a interpretation of, of this this uh, event in in the animation mm. style instead yep 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 yeah cool 
All right. Well, let's see uh, where we go. I guess after um, after Book of Boba Fett, they still haven't announced it. It'll be either Kenobi or Andor. One of those two will be next. Both. I mean, the Kenobi has this trailer uh, out, right? Um, I guess it's a kind of a teaser, an intro kind of thing. Yeah, feels like that's so, the one that that's about to come uh, next. I agree. I think you're right. I want I want the Star Wars shows to come as regularly as the Marvel shows, end to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when this one uh, ends, the next one c- comes right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you, man. Like I, I think we both experienced this when the Mandalorian season two finished. You, were, it was just like, oh, like, what do we do now? It's <laughs> like a million years to the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, and I guess that's kind of how it's going to look. If you've got three live-action shows plus Bad Batch, that's um, a good portion of the year covered. But, um, yeah, in the, when it comes to Star Wars, more is more uh, for me, that's for sure. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind mm. if they would release yeah. something every day. Yeah, I, yeah, I could, yeah, I would not complain at all. Mm. Nice, man. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thanks for uh, talking Star Wars again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm. Let's see how the rest of the season turns out. Yeah. Let's uh, speak again if something uh, extraordinary happens. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent idea. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks again to Afe for uh, joining me for... A good bit of Star Wars talk. Now, we are running long, but I really just, I can't say goodbye without a scene from The Last Jedi. Whoo, that rhymes. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to skip, uh, what's that sound? We're going to skip uh, behind the scenes snippets. Um, but I just, I really... I really felt like I needed to check out a scene from The Last Jedi. So here we go. We are picking up at 44.30. This is where the good stuff begins between Rey and Kylo. This is amazing. I love this droid that is like stitching his face back together. Fantastic. I just, I mean, I just love the look of, of of all of this stuff. Her in that hut. I'm pausing it. Uh, her in that hut. I mean, this is perfect. Like, um, this is just what George set up in the original trilogy. You've got uh, the quote-unquote good guys surrounded by nature. And um, the bad guys trapped in technology. Uh, it's right here. Fantastic. And I love that droid that is, you know, kind of dealing with his facial injury. Um, it's cool. Like it looks, it look, it makes sense. And it's, it's kind of nasty. You get this like kind of um, almost knife slashy sound as it's working. It's great. 
So here we go. We're jumping into Ray and Carla's first uh, force time, it's get, it gets called. But the, their first force Skype call. I don't even want to call it that. It's like too cool of an idea. I feel like I'm belittling it by calling it something like that. Oh, the close-ups in this movie are killer. I just think Ryan Johnson really got such brilliant performances from the actors. I love that Ray's... Okay, pause. I love that Ray's first response to seeing this vision of Kylo is to whip out a blaster and try to blow his head off. I love that because it's just it's just cool. And you, like Kylo's reaction to he thinks getting shot at in that moment is so good. And I love that in retrospect, now that we know Ray's background, the fact that she... Um, Hang on, I've got to blow this candle out. I don't want to burn my house down. The fact that Ray goes straight for violence <laughs> in that moment. Uh, they didn't know that when they made this film, I'm pretty sure. But it does fit together in, res in retrospect, so I like it. All right, let's keep going. Mm. You see Ray come out of the hut. This is not making sense. That little slide is so cool. Oh, Kyla coming out with the, that mouse droid. They turn around, they see each other. Ah, you bring Luke Skywalker to me. Like Luke Skywalker to me. I like that. That's setting things up nicely. You're not doing this, therefore it would kill you. See, look at this. See, look at, like, Ray's amped. Ray's amped. She's pissed off. It's very Palpatine. Not that Palpatine is pissed off, but that anger and that... that and then and Kylo was just like, calm, man. He's like a... It's like a calm little pond, a little a calm little pond of hotness. This is something else. Super good. <laughs> it's so, it's so nicely put together, you know. Luke coming out. He doesn't know what's going on. What's that about? You got those delightful caretakers. Not very impressed with Ray and her behavior. I love the caretakers so much. Hmm. I love that look for Luke. I prefer it to his Jedi robes. To me, that's kind of what a Jedi is. Ah, oh, dude, it's. it's it's very late at night as I record this, but I can't put this microphone down because we are climbing the stairs. We're on, we're on Akto. We're about to get our first lesson from Luke. Fantastic. Beautiful structures here. Hmm. I love... Uh, 
that blaster, raised blaster, the one that, that Han gives her, I didn't love it at first. It has really grown on me. It has a retro kind of zap zap gun look almost to it, but with a with enough Star Wars toughness to make it work. Look at that shot. Master Skywalker, oh. we need you to bring the Jedi back because Kylo Ren is strong with the dark side of the force. Without the Jedi, we won't stand a chance. This is clever. See what do you know about Ray is saying this kind of like it's almost like a speech she's rehearsed. But she's she doesn't really know what she's dealing with. These shots, okay, I gotta pause. <clears throat> These shots of that outcropping that, you know, with the rock that she sits on, it always looks a little bit like, to me, a bit obvious that they've shot. They've shot Luke and Ray on a blue screen or something and then placed and then created a digital outcropping and digital little doorway and then placed that in the. I don't know, it, it, to me, the elements never fit together exactly right. Now, I could be like completely wrong. Maybe that thing exists and I'm just totally incorrect. But uh, I don't know. That's I think all the new Star Wars films, in terms of production, special effects, they're, they're seamless, man. They are top shelf, totally brilliant. Um, this is one of the few things that makes me go hmm, a little bit. It's not about lifting rocks. It's the energy between all things. Ah! See, this is... Like... I I don't think the prequels had almost any real... chunky... nutritious pieces of knowledge about the Force in them. But... Luke lays some down here, right? Luke is, he says, the force is not a power you have. It's the energy between all things. The balance that binds. I'm a fan of this joke. I mean, Luke looks beautiful here. Come on. <laughs> I love this. Reach out. Ray sticks her hand out. Yes, I feel that's the force. Really? Wow, must be really strong. Oh, you. <laughs> Super nice. I love it. You hear the pogs in the background. All right. Here we go. I just love how he places her hand gently on the rocks there. And. That they that they bring the, this word breathe into this scene because I mean so much spiritual practice is based around the breath. Uh, I think it really rings true. Here we go. Okay, I'm just going to turn this up. Life, death, and decay that feeds new life. Warmth, cold. Peace, violence, violence, and between it all, balance, energy, a force, and inside you. Look at the look on her face. Inside me, 
Amazing. Yep. To say that if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. Can you feel that? Mm-hmm. He's right. There's something else. Beneath the island. The place. Look at sorry, I should be talking. But to me this is like amongst the best parts of the film. Why is she being drawn to this? See when I first when this film first came out I was a bit like why do you show her like being like drawn to the darkness or whatever uh, she's delightful like she's kind and sweet and helpful and where's this like drawn to the dark side thing And it never really sat right for me. So that's why, like, a lot of people hate that, like, oh, this, like, she's a Palpatine, that sucks, or whatever. Oh, man. Okay, I gotta pause it. So I just think that retroactively, because I'm saying retroactively, because for sure, Ryan Johnson didn't know that she was going to be a Palpatine when, when he wrote this, because that piece of information was still being decided during the shooting of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but the fact that you see Rey being called to the dark side here, it, despite a history of being bloody wonderful and lovely, I just think it's like her being a Palpatine makes this make more sense. I think The Rise of Skywalker, in lots of ways, makes The Last Jedi a better movie. There. I said it. All right. Now, this thing here, where she's like... I'm going to back it up a bit. Hang on. This is important. Okay, so he's saying, like, the dark side offered her something she needed. She didn't try to stop herself. I didn't see you. Nothing from you. You've closed yourself off from the Force. You've closed yourself off from the Force. Now, this was an interesting thing. We'd never heard of this before. Can a person do that? Can a Jedi switch their connection off? Well, apparently they can. Um, I kind of like that in a way. Um... It would, and in lots of ways, again, like it, this goes to explain, like, why didn't, why hasn't Luke kind of felt this darkness rising? Why ha didn't he feel that Han was in danger? Um, he's not, he's not open to the force, he's not connected to it, he's not hearing its voice. So, mm, great. Strength only once before. This is awesome. And then solo. It can't be enough then. It does now. So that see again, when like people eh, how come Ray like she's like so good at everything to, like uh, so easily, or how come she can do this without training on her? 
Luke at this point has, you know, not met a ton of Force-sensitive people. He hasn't trained a ton of people, but he's trained a dozen people, right? And as far as he's concerned, Ben and Ray are way at the top of the list in terms of raw ability, raw talent, raw ability. And I love how he says it didn't scare me enough then, it does now. And it's just, it really explains where he's at. Fantastic sequence. Mm. See what I mean? Like... The Last Jedi has my least favorite parts of the uh, the five new films that we've had, but it also has some of the best sequences in all Star Wars, I will say. All right, folks, it's been a long one. Thank you for listening. Uh, a pleasure to be with you as always. Looking forward to uh, next week's episode of The Book of Boba Fett. My name is Tom Sutton, and this is Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me!